Michael Bennett sitting in for Simi Sarah. Well, as you've been hearing on the news, the RCMP have now asked for court permission. This is permission to dispose of up to 14,000 pieces of evidence, all evidence that was collected during the investigation into Robert Picton. This was the largest serial killer investigation in Canadian history. And as you can imagine, not everybody is impressed by this move. Joining me in studio now is Dr. Sasha Reed, law student and founder of the Missing and Murdered Database. Dr. Reed, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Also in studio is Sue Brown, Director of Advocacy and Staff Lawyer at Justice for Girls. Sue Brown, thank you as well. Thanks. Uh, Who would like to start and talk about, I know that there are a lot of groups that are not pleased with this, saying it's very important to keep this evidence and to not destroy it. Uh, Maybe Dr. Reed, could we start with you? Uh, What are your thoughts on this move? My thoughts on this move is it's unconscionable. We've had conversations with several family members, not just a couple, but quite a few family members who, one, were completely unaware of what was happening. They're completely blindsided by this. They're furious, they're upset, they don't want this to go forward. They do not give their permission to have this go forward. They want the investigations of their missing, murdered loved ones to be solved. And they believe there are other people involved in these crimes not just Robert Picton. These are unsolved, open, ongoing investigations. And uh, Sue Brown, I'll bring you in as well. Again, Director of Advocacy, Staff Lawyer at Justice for Girls. Uh, Your thoughts on this move? Well, we're seriously concerned and we're left with significant questions as to what exactly the RCMP has been doing with these cases for the past 10 years and why they're seeking to dispose of these exhibits now. Uh, As far as we're concerned, they have an obligation to thoroughly and adequately investigate unsolved cases, particularly involving marginalized and Indigenous women and girls. Uh, And we expect that they should do everything within their power to investigate these cases thoroughly prior to closing these cases. And their move now to dispose of this evidence, whether it is to return it or whether it is to destroy it or whether it is to dispose it, that is splitting hairs as far as we're concerned. If they lose chain of custody of this evidence and they don't preserve the evidential integrity of it, they're seriously compromising the potential for other perpetrators who were involved in these missing and murdered cases to be brought to justice. Is that happening though, do you think, in that we know that Robert Picton was convicted in the the cases that he is now serving a life sentence for, uh, but there there was other DNA, there certainly were more women murdered, but, but that, and I know that was contentious at the time, Uh, Doesn't that kind of show that even with all of this evidence still in storage, these are not active investigations? Well, they should be. Uh, I mean, Robert Picton was only convicted of six of those murders. Uh, 20 of those charges were stayed, and there were multiple other women who disappeared from the downtown east side who can be connected to Picton or or, or otherwise unsolved cases. Uh, And it's the RCMP's legal obligation to investigate these cases until they are solved and to leave them open. And just to add on to that, Mm -hmm. I think the RCMP presumptively determined that the other suspects were more witnesses rather than co-accused, and they they spoke to them as though they were witnesses and not co-accused. And I think because there was that preemptive determination that they were not involved, this has never actually been investigated the way it should have been. So when the RCMP came out and say, and... and, um one of the spokes 
persons talk to Post Media News saying that, that these are things like items of clothing that were found in the trailer. Uh, these are not things that have DNA still on them. That, that in, in fact, the quote was, there is no point in keeping this evidence to identify possible additional suspects because police have exhausted all leads to identify any accomplices. Uh, it sounds like, like there's not an agreement there. This has been a significantly flawed investigation from the beginning that led to a very scandalously flawed commission of inquiry. I don't think the families and I don't think the public has the trust in the RCMP at this time to believe what they're saying, that they have exhausted all leads. And that certainly the evidence that we have from the RCMP does not give us faith that they have. The fact that 20 years later, families still have questions and feel that this is unresolved in and of itself means that we need to do more. There has never been sufficient answers in this case. Is it important, though, as well, for some, I know some of this, the items have been given back to the families. If there are items that are deemed not evidence in that, 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 that there's nothing, not that of value, I mean, but of value specifically to an investigation, if police deem that, is it important to get to give those items back and then still keep things that could potentially be evidence? There is a process in the criminal code, which is what the police are pursuing under Section 490, which allows for the disposal of items that don't have any further investigative value. We simply don't believe that the 14,000 exhibits that the RCMP is seeking to dispose of, whether they're returning it to the family or otherwise, um, is, is not of investigative value, particularly because the investigation has so, been so flawed. And we can also point to the fact that five previous applications have gone forward in court with no notice to the families or no adequate notice to the families such that they knew and meaningfully understood and could participate in those processes. Um, and some of those exhibits included evidence from Burns Road, evidence from Pat Casanova's car, uh, evidence from the Jane Doe Ruskin site, um, and another ex parte application for things perishable. We um, we don't believe that that those pieces of evidence didn't have investigative value. We don't believe what the RCMP are saying. Right. And when you mentioned the Jane Doe, uh, the Jane Doe site, that is that not if I'm remembering correctly, is that uh, it's DNA that was found, but has never been the, the pieces have never been connected. The dots have not been connected. That, that's still very much an open case. Yes, very right. much. So does it seem strange that there there are even though the RCMP are saying there's no there's no uh, investigative value to keeping these there are cases clearly there is at least one probably more cases that have not been solved. You don't know the investigative value of a piece of evidence until you know it and you can find that out 20 years later 30 years later 40 years later and we see that happening in unsolved cases all around the world all the time all the time there's advancements in technology and DNA that allow for uh, DNA to be extracted or, or the evidentiary value of something to come clear, you know, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years after it was retrieved. So, And Sasha, is that something you see as well with your database? Again, you have this comprehensive serial killer database. Is that is that one of the values there as well of that? Those things do change and more evidence does lead uh, to more breakthroughs. Yeah, I, I honestly just believe that you don't know the investigative value of something until you know the investigative value. And that's what we're seeing here. You cannot under any circumstance say there's no investigative value when families have never been questioned. They've never been asked about it. They've never been told about this. You've never actually had a real investigation into this in the first place. You can't say it has no investigative value. You don't know. So what happens at this point then? This is the RCMP asking for the court's approval to, to give a lot of uh, pieces back, to destroy other pieces. Is there a court challenge? What happens now? 
You want it? Yeah. We are hoping that the RCMP are going to hear our call now and that they're going to withdraw these applications and spare the families from having to go through the devastating process of having the evidentiary value assessed by the court. Um, the families, I think their public statements have made it clear that they are absolutely traumatized and devastated by this last step, at least the families we're in contact with. Uh, should the court applications proceed, uh, I believe the families will be seeking to have their voices heard in court. And, and Sasha, anything you don't want to add to that? No, that's exactly correct. So if we are not able to have a moratorium placed on these disposition applications now, we'll see you in court. All right. Well, thanks to both of you for coming in and talking more about this. I really appreciate your time today. Thank, Thank you. you. All right, that is Dr. Sasha Reed, law student and founder of the Missing and Murdered Database. That's the most comprehensive serial killer database in the world. And Sue Brown, Director of Advocacy and Staff Lawyer at Justice for Girls. Thanks again, both of you, for coming into studio. We're going to take a short break, get you caught up on all your news of the day and your traffic. And when we come back, we're taking a look at the announcement of a dental care program. This is a national dental care program that is starting to roll out in this country. We'll find out what exactly that means for people who don't have insurance for dental care. Stay with us.